what's well, a damn good thing I'm a young, healthy man. As coaching the nicest team in the league is tough. We just love spotting 15, 17 points to the other team, then come back and beat them. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a crazy game. Uh, I felt at halftime, once we got it back to a score, um, we were in good, good, good shape. Unlike you probably thought I was hollering and cussing, uh, I didn't have to because some, some veterans did, did that for me. And uh, it didn't all go great in the second half. But we were able to uh, stick together, make a turnover, get a, you know, good, good pressure on a field goal to miss and go down and score and win the game. And uh, you know, the resiliency of this team is, is, uh, is growing on me at uh, three in a row. And um, yeah, that's a good football team, missing some guys. Uh, but we made a couple of those receivers look like Reggie Wayne and Barman Harrison. And uh, it looks like it wasn't our best, but we won. That's nice. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. All fame, Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. Bucks fans to another edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Coming back at you today for episode number 89. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hold on in a comeback victory, quite frankly, in a game that for three and a half quarters I did not think we were going to win. The final score of that football game, 38-35. to As the Buccaneers improve their record to 6-7 and on the season, and win their third straight game. We've been doing this show for a little while, like two and a half seasons, headed into three. And this is the first time ever on the Cannon Fire podcast that we've actually been able to talk about a Buccaneers win streak. Because it's not a win streak until you win three games. So, of course, the Buccaneers stacked two in a row. This was the big third game on that list, and... uh They went out there and showed us the definition of resiliency to come away with a win, and it feels damn good. If you're new around here, I am your host as always, Red Matthew. Joined alongside me is my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan Wanish. Evan, how you feeling on this Victory Monday, man? Third one in a row. Yeah, uh, just like I I post on on the page, you know, like the Will Ferrell voice, you know, we're we're going streaking. Um, (laughs) Yeah. 
is just like you said, you know, it's not a win streak until you win three in a row. Uh, two games, that's just back to back. Three games, that's a win streak. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I mean, the word you said, resiliency, couldn't have been a better word because there was just so many things that went wrong in this game that in the past it would have been ugly and turned out to be a win. And it, this type of game, the Buccaneers don't typically win. Like when the Colts went up 35 to 21, that's that, like over. Yeah, Colts went up thirty-five to twenty-one. Buccaneers end up winning thirty-eight, thirty-five. Like that—that that does not happen. Um, they scored seventeen unanswered points. That typically does not happen. Yeah, you said uh, it, you pretty much summed it up. The Bucks of yesterday do not go out there and win this game. They were down thirty-one to um, yeah, thirty-five to twenty-one at one point. There were a lot of different deficits in the game. I mean, early on in the first quarter, you're already 10 down nothing. ten to zero. Before you blinked. Some costly turnovers. And, of course, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But at the end of the day, Buccaneers hold on and win 38-35. to Overall, not a sloppy game. Definitely not perfect by any means. Not, not boring. Not boring. I'll give you that. But uh, a bit of an interesting game. But, of course, we're going to break all of that down for you here today on episode 89. So... On all the reaction shows, we open up the show with something called the Stats Recap. And basically what this is, is four, five, or six stat lines that really jumped out to me during the game. And we'll break those players down and their performances as well. So let's open up the Stats Recap with number three, our quarterback, Jameis Winston. Just like we do every week. Very, very interesting game for Jameis. You just got to come out and say it. He is the, of course, talk of the town once again. After a career-high day, but uh, again, just the definition of a Jameis Winston game, if we really have to give it one. So, his stat line for the day, 33 for 45, 456 yards, a career-high, four touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, and three interceptions. Now, before we even jump into it, right, before, I, I know you're laughing, you're chomping at the bit, ready to talk about this, but before we even jump into it. Games like this are why I want the Bucks to sign Jameis Winston to a one-year franchise tag. I know we've talked about it for weeks. We've brought it up. We've preached it over and over again that it's probably going to be a franchise tag if there's a deal made. It's the one-year, kind of look and evaluate, see what you have. But he is on pace to lead the NFL in passing yards, touchdowns, and interceptions. And uh, I... I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm not an NFL historian, but I don't think that's ever been done before, Evan. I'm not sure. I Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a, a historian either. Um, I do know now, I finally figured this out, that uh, the record for interceptions in a season, James Winston will not be breaking that record this year um, because the record is George Blanda in 1965 when he threw 42 interceptions. Oh, so, love it. Uh, I <laughs> don't think I, I'd bet a good amount of money that's not going to happen. Um, I don't know how that's even possible, but um, I, I really don't. Like, gee, I think you played less games in 1965, too. Like, how is that possible? <laughs> I, I don't I don't get it. Um, and uh, just think, 1965, you were you were still running the ball a bunch, too. Oh, man. Yeah, right. Um, George Blanda. What happened, buddy? Um but anyways, just like when you read that stat line, that is a Jameis Winston game. He's Brett Favre. He, I, I, I've said it on the show. I said it on a Twitter account yesterday. Got a ton of likes. 
He is. I'm not talking, and everybody, some people were like, you know, oh, no, he's not Brett Favre, this and that. I'm not talking about talent. I'm talking about just play style, just the the risk that you take and just the, the resiliency to, to come back and bounce back. A lot of people are saying, oh, no, he's Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, when Jay Cutler would make a mistake, he continued to make the same mistake and same mistake and same mistake. With Winston he'll come back from an interception and then throw a touchdown pass. Yeah, exactly. He came like, out, had, had uh, early turnovers in the game, and then what does he go out and do after that? Scores two touchdowns before the half is over. Yeah. And, you know, and the thing I keep – did you see – it's going around Twitter, the the little clip of – I forget who tweeted it out. It was a verified account. It was like an NFL reporter or something. The clip of from the office – where it's like James oh. Winston and his agent meeting with teams this offseason, and it's yeah. Will Ferrell and Andy Bernard, uh, <laughs> uh, Ed Helms' character. And um, he's, Will Ferrell's like, this could be the worst decision in your life, but it could be the best decision in your life. You ever played Russian roulette? <laughs> he hit that time to spin the chamber, Boris, by signing up for another year. Time to spin the chamber. Oh, my God. That's perfect. And it's a perfect, like, summary, too, right? You ever play Russian roulette? You know, you don't. Oh, man. That, that's great. Oh, man. Jameis Winston. I, I saw that today. I was like, Jesus. Jameis Winston really is the definition of an enigma because we just said this guy is on pace to lead the NFL in passing yards, touchdowns, and interceptions. Now, he does have to catch up to, uh, to Lamar Jackson. I believe he's two touchdowns behind. And, you know, Lamar Jackson, he's just a scoring machine. MVP. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But the fact that this guy is able to be this productive uh, in good ways and bad ways, we talk about it every single week. I know Bucks fans at this point are tired of hearing about it, and they're well aware. But I just I, – I have to leave now. Like, I've, I've kind of made my decision. Bucks got to put him on a one-year franchise tag, see what he does. And I think he can improve next year. Again, the interceptions – Something that I don't think is going to go away, but I don't think he's also going to throw twenty-four interceptions yep. next year. You exactly. Know what I mean? I, right now he's at twenty-three. I don't think he's throwing twenty-three picks next year. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I would. I would franchise tag him as well. I've pretty much come to that decision. I think that's the best thing for them to do. I think it's probably the safest thing um, because if you let him go, I mean, you're basically saying that Bruce Arians isn't here to win now. And, you know, what do you got to do? Let him go and get Cam Newton? Like, sure. I think I still think Cam Newton is is good. Like, I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but I don't think Carolina lets him go. And why would Carolina trade in division? And that's just a pipe dream, right? Right. And I hate Cam Newton too much to ever <laughs> accept him being under center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, especially so, all the stupid victory formation dances he's done all us over the years. Can't have that. Oh, well, it'd be better if it was on your side. But, um, I'm sure you'd hate it a lot less. Um, but then let's say you, you don't get Newton. Okay, he's crossed off. What are your options? Case Keenum? You're not winning with Case Keenum. Andy Dalton? You might win a little bit more with Andy Dalton than Case Keenum, but are you going to win more with Andy Dalton than with James Winston? No. Oh, well, you're you know with the way the NFL media is, if the Bucs ever come out and announce that they're moving on from James Winston, you know who's going to be the top target for Tampa Bay by default? Because, of course, the rumors are still swirling around that he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. You know who's going to be the number one rumored quarterback to come to Tampa? Um, Just take a wild guess. A wild? Uh, free agent? Tom Brady. Oh, okay. That's fine. I just I see it happening. Every single time there's a top-name talent. You remember Le'Veon Bell. 
Top yeah. target is Tampa. Antonio Brown. Top target is Tampa. Yeah, well, they don't know. Well, exactly. But I mean, well, I mean, it would be more clear though if they moved on for Winston, right? Oh yeah. I'm it's sure. more clear to to pin Brady to Tampa if they lose on. If I'm just saying, it, it's not obviously it's not going to happen. I think he either retires or stays in New England, but and I think the Bucks keep Winston, so really shouldn't even be having this conversation. But with the Brown and Bell thing, like the Bucks had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin at the time, still I believe Deshaun Jackson, Adam Humphreys, and you're linking them to Antonio Brown. Not smart. Right. No, right. I mean, it's just... and, and they had and and with Le'Veon Bell, the Bucks had seven million dollars in cap space. You're linking them to Le'Veon Bell. Like, yeah. Right. Right. No, I, I just brought it up as a uh, as a clear example of kind of like you just brought up how the media can portray that. We talked about it last well, week with the whole Jameis Winston quote. Yeah. It just again, but, but still all hypothetical. But uh, let's say let's say you don't want to get a free agent quarterback. Okay. And you don't want to trade for one because really, I mean, there's not many quarterbacks that are starter worthy that's going to be on the trade block. Right. You're going to take the time to draft one and develop one, which is basically, you know, I mean, I mean, every now and then it can happen, but like a rookie quarterback's not going to come in and you know light the world on fire right away. Yeah, and I mean, you gonna... also look at the situation the Bucks are in right now. They just won three in a row. They're six and seven right now in the draft. They're what like sixteenth pick. Sixteenth. Exactly. You're not going to get a starting franchise quarterback at the 16th pick. I'm sorry. You're just you're probably not. Like, I mean, <laughs> the the best the best thing you could if you're truly moving on from Winston, which obviously we both don't think that's going to happen. Right. The best thing you can hope for if you're sitting at 16 is that Tua somehow just falls because of the injury concerns. They and just even take, yeah. then, you know, you get a solid it's quarterback with the 16th pick. Who I think, yeah, two is good, but you're going to have to develop him. And that's going to, you know, take maybe two to three years. Dude, yeah. does, does Bruce Arians and ownership and everybody want to wait two to three more years? I mean, yeah, sure, Tua might be better than Winston in the long run. But this is talking about winning now. And I think the best option for the Buccaneers to win in 2020, who, I mean, you know, the best option of what you have, obviously, best option would be like, in a fancy world like Patrick Mahomes or somebody, but um, the best option for what the Bucks have right now is Jameis Winston. It just, it just is. And no. that, that's why ultimately, you know, I believe he'll be back. So you're 100% right. So there is your stats recap for Jameis Winston. And of course, let's follow it up. One more thing about Jameis before we do move on uh, is people may or may not have seen Sunday coming out of the first half, mm. headed into the third quarter. You saw Jameis Winston take the field, and then you saw him go back in the locker room. He got benched. And Ryan Griffin took his first ever snap in the NFL. Yep. Played a series. Looked pretty okay. Had a few check downs for the the two passes that he threw, right? A couple of handoffs. But, dude, that moment for me, like I was watching the game at uh, Johnny B's house. Shout out to our buddy Johnny B. You can listen to us every Monday night at 10 p.m., on the weekly Bucks break on 102.5 The Bone. Also check it out on our CFP outlets. But anyways, that Johnny B, I was at his house. We were hanging out watching the game. And we saw Ryan Griffin warming up, throwing passes before commercial break. And we looked at each other and we said, did they bench Jameis Winston? The same Jameis Winston who led the team in a two-minute drill to a touchdown just a few minutes prior? We're like, no way. And then, of course, the things came out that he was getting his hand looked at. He might have been injured. Mm-hmm. And uh, guess what? That was the case. Jameis Winston yep. fractured his thumb and then came back and finished the game and put up a career performance at that. 
in in the second half is when he was he was dealing yes. in that second half. Like yeah. there was a time when the the Colts just couldn't stop him. They, and honestly, if, if you take away the turnovers, the Colts couldn't stop him all day. But yeah, I mean, he was picking them apart. Aside from gifting them a football a few times, he was. Which picking, I mean, a lot of them. I'd say one of them wasn't his fault. I don't want to make. I mean, well, the ball. Were you talking about the tipped one? Yeah. Yeah, ball was behind Perryman though. So. But like I said, if you look closely, it looked like that ball's tipped twice. Look, like it was tipped at the line and then tipped by Perriman. Um, but That's the three true. interceptions that he had, Le- Darius Leonard is a heck of a football player. Just want to say that right now. Yes, and I wanted he to is. get this. I wanted to get this out of the way before I forget the point. Darius Leonard made a good read on a poor decision, not a terrible decision, in in the the first uh, interception. Mm-hmm. That second interception. That was, was an amazing play by Leonard. Sometimes, you know, you just got to give props to the other guy. Sometimes you just got to say, hey, that was a great play, and you just beat me. Yeah. Like, that's what happened there. Darius Leonard fooled Jameis Winston because Darius Leonard made a great play. He faked out Jameis Winston, and Winston thought he had him, and he didn't. It happens. Like, that's what good football players do. Right. right and, and I know a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you know, his job's not to throw interceptions. Well, you know what? When a player like that is going to make a, a read like that and pick him off, it, that's going to happen. Right. And, and it's unfortunate, but. You put you any know. other quarterback in that same situation of that play, Darius Leonard would get a pick nine times out of ten. It wasn't just a Jameis Winston interception. A lot of, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and for a, the it people, was an all-out blitz. They were really – Darius Leonard was the only one, the only linebacker that didn't blitz. And he and it, faked just, the blitz too. That's the impressive yeah. part is that he jumped into the line faking that rush and then just bounced back in his own coverage and boom, well, he was that's right what, there. Well, that's what Rondé Barber did in the NFC Championship game against Philly. Yeah. He, he, earlier in the game, he blitzed and got to McNabb. So then they did the same play where he faked the blitz. McNabb thought he wasn't there. Quick hitter, pick six, done. Happens a lot. No, you're right. But a great heads-up play by Leonard there. And uh, it happens. But overall, looking at Jameis Winston, his stats for the day, one hell of a game. (laughs) Roller coaster. (laughs) Jesus That is the Jameis Winston experience, my friend. Welcome to the ride. You must be at least 5'7". Welcome welcome to the ride. Welcome me to the ride? Oh. Oh, well, I guess anyone who is unfamiliar. But I'm sure people listening to the show are pretty well familiar. So... That is your weekly Jameis Winston update. Let's move on and wrap up the stats recap and, of course, get into this game a little bit more. Lots to talk about in this victory from Sunday. Next up on the stats recap, a guy who has really stepped it up these past few weeks. That's number 19, Brashad Perryman. His stat line for Sunday, three receptions, 70 yards, and a touchdown. I was wrong in wanting to get rid of this guy. I'm pretty sure you, I, and everyone else listening Wanted to get rid of him before the deadline, get that fourth-round compensatory pick, and the Buccaneers held on to him. And so far, these past two weeks, he's looked like a true wide receiver number three. And uh, he had a good game on Sunday. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Like, if if this was the the Brashad Perryman that they got in all year, we wouldn't even have been considering cutting him for a fourth-round pick. Right. You know, I mean, you'd be saying, wow, you know, like, what what a free agent pickup. If this was, you know, the same guy, he he has been. I because I don't think he hasn't been. The Tennessee game was bad, right? 
And I think people really go back to that that little botch snap with Google. Oh my God! If I can talk, I'm just gonna say. <laughs> you I'm got gonna you say, too. I'm gonna say Dare, um, just to avoid that ever again. Uh, so with Dare, and then you know the two point conversion, he could have caught it if he kept two feet in, and then you know he had that drop touchdown against Carolina. So I think the fans just sort of got a bad taste in their mouths about him, and. Like the problem was, he just wasn't making impact plays like he has been the past two weeks. And now, I mean, I tweeted out, I said, he's going to be back, ain't he? And he has a shot. And if he keeps playing this way, if he plays this way the next three games, he probably deserves to be back on some capacity. Oh, absolutely. And what a time for a guy like him to step up as oh, well. Great because- time. Yeah, people uh, people watching the game saw it. Mike Evans, one catch, one touchdown on the day against the Colts. But on that receiving touchdown, uh, he kind of aggra- uh, aggravated his hamstring. And no official injury report has been given out, but pretty sure everyone in that stadium knew it was a hamstring injury, the way the mic reacted. And the things that Bruce Arians had to say after the game regarding the thing, I think it's safe to say that Mike Evans' season is over. So, to have a guy like Rashad Perryman step up at a time like this, and this was kind of the next point that I was going to make after we wrap up the stats recap here, um, it really just goes to show that maybe they have some weapons on offense and maybe they can figure out how to use them these last few games. But we talked about Rashad Perryman. Let's uh, let's wrap up the stats recap, and then we'll talk a little bit more about Mike Evans. Another wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who made it onto the stats recap, number 17, Justin Watson. Justin was, Watson breakout game. It was really good to see him have a game like this. Five receptions, 59 yards, and one touchdown. It's good to see. And kind of like Rashad Perryman, what a time for this guy to step up and show yep. his worth to this team because we've been waiting on it for him for a few years now. And uh, it, it was just good to see. So uh, big ups to Justin Watson as well. What One thing like he can't him? do, though, he, he he can't return punts. Let's, no, no. Can we can't. get T.J. Logan healthy again, please? <laughs> because that I, guy, that guy can. Justin Watson cannot return punts. You know, I was excited to head it into it. I sent out a tweet. I said I'm excited to see Justin Watson return some punts, and uh, he ran backwards most of the time. So, um, man, yeah, it, it just. I mean, he had a great day, though, right? Yeah. Aside I mean, from special teams, he did have a good day. With with that single performance right there, he might have just earned a spot in camp next year. I just love because it. of that, you know. I love it, man. Love seeing those guys utilized to their true potential. Now, there's two more guys that we got to talk about on the stats recap, and then we'll jump into Mike Evans and his injury. And these two guys play on the defense, not as big as a day as the defense has had these past few weeks. You kind of predicted this. You said the only sack yep. of the day would go to Shaq Barrett. Technically, you're right. Half a sack for Shaq Barrett. And the other half went to Will Golston, I believe. But Shaq Barrett is on our stats recap. His stat line for the day, five tackles, two assists, and half a sack. Now, again, it wasn't blockbuster day. It wasn't a multi-sack day for Shaq Barrett. But uh, that pass rush showed up when it needed to in that situation where he was able to hit home and get the sack. But wow. They should have more sacks. Yeah, they should have. Brissett was avoiding everything. I don't know how he got out of some of those. But There was that first drive of the game where uh, both well, defensive linemen got there. It was Vea and, and Jason Pierre-Paul. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, he just thread the needle and threw right between them. Like, that That was inexcusable. So they should have hit home a few more times. But um, I think Shaq Barrett was really the silver lining on that defensive line. Well, his run guys. defense was stellar. I yeah, thought. it was. 
you know, and the, the whole obviously you come to expect this from the Buccaneers, uh, the run defense as a whole. But individually, you know, Shaq Barrett makes his money as a pass rusher, going to make a lot of money this offseason from the Buccaneers or somebody else as a pass rusher. You know, not really known for his run game, but uh, his run defense on Sunday was great. Yeah. Um, he made great tackles right away. You know, didn't really lose contain much of the time. The culture on a lot of misdirection and stuff didn't really lose contain. So, yeah, he had a really nice day that, you know, obviously because he's a pass rusher, you're going to expect to see sacks, but still had a, had a very nice day. Oh, yeah, that versatility is really, really good to see, especially when you talk about a guy like Shaq Barrett who is expecting a major payday. So to see that he is worth it in more ways than one, is always good to see. Now let's get over to the last guy on the stats recap, the rookie, big number 45, Devin White. In his first game since being named the Defensive Rookie of the Month, Devin White made a huge splash play with 10 minutes left in the Changes game. Changes the game. He forced was a it. fumble following a Jameis Winston interception. So before then, he was fairly quiet. I mean, overall, his stat line for the day, three tackles, two assists, and one forced fumble. But that forced fumble couldn't have come at any better of a time. And well, actually, it was um, that was before, before the yeah. In- interception. Yeah, what had happened was they forced that fumble, and then two plays later, the interception happened, and the Colts ended up missing the forty-eight yard field goal. Okay, all right, all right. Now, now the timeline's coming together for me. Either way, still a clutch. Still, play. still a great play. Yeah, and, th- and the play that he made it happen as well was pure instinct it wasn't like he just drilled the runner and he dropped the ball I mean the tackle was already being made and you can look back in slow motion you see Devin White just extend his hand and just pat the ball out because of how well his awareness was running on that play so really heads up play by him and something really really good to see this guy's been an absolute monster creating turnovers for this defense I called uh, him a superstar, so you better live up to it. You you love to see it, man. He's really shaping up to be that guy. I mean, he's going to the linebacker school of Levante David. I'm convinced that's why he's so damn good. (laughs) You know, it it just to have a guy like Levante David, and he credits himself, actually. He he credits Levante David and Kevin Minter as well. Kevin Um, Minter's underrated. He needs to be back next year. Oh, he is a solid, solid depth piece on this football team. We saw when Devin White was missing some action first. Uh, early in the season, Kevin Minter came in and just stepped up and played to a really, really good level of football. So I'd like to have him return as well. But both of those guys in Devin White's ear really kind of shows you the style he's taken on. He can definitely come after the quarterback a little bit more than Levante David. But overall, he is just proving to be the next Levante David of this defense. I mean, he's doing a really good job and you love to see it. So there is the stats recap. All the big stat lines that jumped out from me on Sunday. Let's jump into this Mike Evans injury. So, it's a hamstring injury. That we know. Mm -hmm. Bruce Arian said to the media that he would be shocked if Mike Evans was ready to go for Week 17. So, with that being said, I think the Bucs should just shut him down for the year. Let him get his rest in. And then let's just see how many weapons we really have on this offense and see if we can learn how to use them. Let me throw some names at you, right? Ronald Jones as a receiver. Brashad Perryman, who really showed up and had a big day on Sunday. Justin Watson, we just talked about. O.J. Howard as well. Really oh, he had a good game. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Really getting his confidence back together. Four receptions for 73 yards for O.J. on Sunday. You love to see it. And then, of course, you got Cambrate. And let's not forget 
the number one wide receiver for the time being, Chris Godwin. I mean, that if we have to miss Mike for the rest of the season, I'm comfortable with the guys that we have. Yeah. And the way things are now, you're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. We kind of knew that was coming with the Vikings victory. But yep. let's really figure out how we can use these uh, these weapons on offense and get some of these younger guys rolling, right? So the big thing to me is I wonder when Scotty Miller is going to be back because this could mean a lot of playing time for Scotty Miller as well. Right. Because now all of a sudden Perryman goes to the number two, Watson to the number three, and Miller would end up being the fourth. So it's going to be interesting to see. If Scotty Moore can come back, I hope he can. He's been sidelined. I can't remember when the last game he played was. I think it might have been that Saints game or maybe the Falcons game. So he's been sidelined a little bit. Yep. Uh, but he needs to come back. And uh, I think you know when he comes back, there's going to be a lot more opportunities for him. Absolutely. Uh, like you said, O.J. Howard and Cameron Bright. O.J. Howard is starting to find his stride. Um, and he's just... A really good football player. Yeah, like he he just is. Um, like it's just he just is. And the only thing that's not coming right now is the touchdowns yet. But I mean, this is two straight weeks where he's had really good days, and uh, I think that's just he's going to keep gaining confidence. And guess what? Detroit is not that great against tight ends, so could be another big OJ day on uh, Sunday. Absolutely. And uh, let me kind of make a side note on this as well, because I had brought up Ronald Jones. We've talked about how he can be used as a receiving back, but let's kind of segue here and talk about the run game from Sunday. You know, we kind of hoped going into this game that it wasn't going to be a 50-50 split between him and Peyton Barber, and that's exactly what it was. I believe 13 carries for both of those guys. I think think 13, I thought I read 11. That might be correct. Actually, 11 sounds like the right number. I'm just trying I to thought, remember. I thought I, read, I thought I read 11, but let's put it into context here. Peyton Barber would have ended up with less carries, but the Buccaneers ran out the clock That's at true. the end. Peyton Barber, I believe, got three carries right at the end, or two carries right at the end that put him over the limit. So that was that. Yeah, they both had 11 carries. Ronald Jones had 11 carries for 36 yards. Peyton Barber, 11 carries for 34 yards. And Jameis Winston carried it for six six times for five yards. So, Yeah, and most of those times he had to make a carry was when he's scrambling out of the pocket that had collapsed so quickly. Really not well, an impressive day by the offensive line. Yes, they gonna, only gave up one sack. Going to hold up there, though. Going to hold up there. Yeah, pass protect had to hold up. They had uh, Alex Kappa, who was out. I believe for a long time in the game, you saw Josh Wells or Watford were in there for the time that Donovan Smith was out of the game. And big ups to him, by the way, for coming out of the game and then coming back and yeah. playing through it, basically. Because yeah, I want to I want to give a quick shout out here to this offensive line. Um, you know, you, you sort of you sort of said that you know they didn't have the best day. Listen, first half like it was awful, right? Second half, I believe Winston was hit one time. They played outstanding in the second half. Yeah, uh, they made great adjustments. Great game by Byron Leftwich as well. I think this was one of his better games. Yeah, uh, just adjusting to what you know happens. You know, none of those, none of those turnovers were the play caller's fault. None of them were. You know, it's not like it was a a difficult, very difficult throw. It was just, you know, none of them were the play caller's fault. It, it just wasn't. So none of them were on him. And the only complaint that you had was on the third and one when he just ran it right at the middle. 
but they got the fourth down anyway. So um, it was a smart play call on the fourth down. And for a piece-together offensive line, kind of like you brought up, pass protect, they did okay. Second half, that's really where Jameis started to hit his stride and get those big yardage that piled onto an impressive stat line at the end of the day. But with the run game, really just didn't get anything going, man. It didn't seem like they had the blocking down that well. But again, we're talking about a piece-together offensive line that was already missing Alex Kappa, Donovan Smith for a little bit of the game. Oh, yeah, and thank God Donovan Smith came back because – yeah. If he, they might have lost this game if he had to come out for the whole game. It was, they even made some shifts, right? They had Ali Marpet move yeah. over to that left side of the line. Um, Earl Wofford was in a different position yeah, for a little bit. It was, it was all kinds of, yeah. Yeah. They put in the new guy. I forget his name. It's terrible. They no, put in the guy. They, he's they got a signed. bunch of tattoos that I remember. Yeah, about. yeah. That they they signed recently. They put him in for like one play. Took him out. Put Josh put Josh Wells in at left tackle. Kept Ali Marpet at left guard. Yeah, I think yeah for a play they move Earl Watford. I don't know. It yeah, was crazy. it was again puzzle piece offensive line, but they were able to figure it out and protect Jameis just enough for him to lead us to victory. So, of course, got to give some ups to the offensive line. Hopefully get all those pieces back sooner than later, and they'll come out healthier than before. But pretty solid day overall. Now, there's a few guys that really pissed me off on Sunday. Okay. And uh, there's two big names on this list. One of them is a guy that I've been complaining about for weeks. Another one is a guy that I haven't complained about at all this season. He's had maybe one other bad game. But the first guy on the list is number 44, Dario Ogunbowale. 44 has got to go. Like, Ogunbowale is the team's two-minute and third down back. He's been decent. He's been okay. He's had his moments. He's had a crucial first down every now and again. But the first quarter, he coughs up the football, and that ultimately leads to the 10-0 lead. Early on in the first quarter. I mean, the guy is making mistakes week after week. And if we're going off of the mentality that we were against Jacksonville, where Ronald Jones misses a blitz and he gets benched for the rest of the game, I don't know why 44 is still seeing the field every single week. I just, I don't like this guy anymore. Like, you know, he has his moments. Like I said, he's got a crucial first down run. I believe he had one on Sunday. But... I just I'm tired of seeing him on the TV screen. I'm I'm tired of seeing him on the field every single Sunday for the amount of mistakes that he has made, which is ultimately cost the Bucks. You know, it it just it's inexcusable after a certain point. And I think Sunday was the the line for me. I think he's got to go. Well, personally, I think you're overreacting a little bit. But ah, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you straight. You know, um, I mean he. He wasn't a factor in the run game. He didn't have any runs. He did have that one fumble, but, I mean, he had five receptions for 48 yards, including the fourth and one play. He, you know, it was a great route by him. He caught the ball clean. Um, yeah, but any they other trust- running back in that spot, that's just a well-designed play. You put any yeah. other running back in that spot, they're making that catch. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> Dari's probably the best pass-catching running back on the team. So, um, yeah, I, I think... You know, saying that this guy is, you know, basically cost the team. Mm, I would argue OJ Howard's cost the team even more. I'll, I'll right? say that. I mean, I'll say OJ has like, cost the team more. OJ, Rashad Perryman, like there's been guys that have cost the team even more um, than than him. 
it just I think for the role that he's in, I think yes, you could probably see a little bit less of him, but I still think he's useful. I think he's a useful player. Um, I do think he, you know, if you're going off that, it was, I believe it was, um, it wasn't, it wasn't Dare who got who who missed the blitz pickup. It was Peyton Barber um on that one and i remember the announcers were kind of hinting like it was ronald jones and i was like it's, it wasn't ronald jones oh, we were like, watching... oh yeah i was like yeah he he got benched last week because <laughs> we were watching uh we were watching nfl red zone after the game had ended uh did over at johnny's house and they showed that last first down that peyton barber had to really seal the deal for the game and then the announcer for red zone goes rojo right up the right side in a first down and we were like oh man like that yeah Oh well. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they're they're both they're but with with the numbers how they are, it's kind of hard to tell uh, sometimes. Apparently, the I, guy I, I Red Zone admit, who hosts Red Zone is from Tampa too. Andrew Siciliano, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, he's got huge ears. It's like looks like an elf. <laughs> I'm just roasting Christ. him on the show. We got <laughs> yeah, we got to right? get him on the show. We well, I guess we're not going to have that Tampa guy on the show anytime soon. No, no, no. We got to get him on the show. Like that's got to happen. <laughs> That has to happen. You're going to tell all about so, his ears? I'm going to be like, you know, does your mom have big ears or like, like what's the deal? All right, Andrew, listen Just up. Just going to ask him some questions. That's all. <laughs> Christmas spirit, man. So we talked about Dario Gimbawale. There's another guy on Sunday that didn't leave me super happy, and it's pretty uncharacteristic of him. I'll say that because he's been solid. He's been a piece for a little while now. That's Jordan Whitehead. He had a pretty poor performance on Sunday. I mean, given what a reliable player he's already been for our defense, um, he really just struggled in coverage. Like, mm-hmm. he, he was all over the place. Uh, he had one holding penalty in the first half, and he did finish the day with, like, eight tackles, I believe, which led the defense. But nine, yeah, nine led for, the defense. For Jordan Whitehead, just very uncharacteristic of him. And uh, I'm sure he'll rebound, which is what impor- uh, what's important. You want to see how he can bounce back next week. Yep. But... Overall, not that great of a performance from uh, number 31, which is it, you know, it sucks to see because I like him a lot. Jordan Whitehead didn't play well. Andrew Adams, I thought, didn't play well. Yeah. And uh, Carlton Davis didn't really play well. I uh, thought Sean Murphy Bunting had a solid game. Um, I thought Jamel Dean had a decent game besides that one pass interference call. You know who I thought was a very underrated piece that I thought played really well? I thought it was Ndamukong Sue. Uh, I thought Nadam Kinsu did a really good job of just pushing the pressure to Brissett and forcing him off his spot. Now, unfortunately, they couldn't capitalize and get the sack, but I, I felt like he had a, a very good game. Um, probably one of his better games of the year that's not going to show up on the stat line because, sure, being Johnny on the spot for a fumble recovery is nice, but that doesn't require much actual skill. Right. Um, so I think this is one of his better games. I think in a run defense, he was a big impact as well. Um, but yeah, how about, you know, I want to give a shout out here to uh, Jason Beer Paul. Jason Beer Paul had a quiet game. Yeah. Right? And wasn't his best game. He had two, uh, one total tackle, sorry, one total tackle and played, I believe, 84 snaps or something like that. Or something. And it didn't matter. Because the one play he made was the play. On fourth and two, at midfield, when the Colts went for it, he was the guy who batted the ball right down into Brissett's hands, and that was that. It ended the game. He's the guy who made the play. So, after all of his shortcomings in the game, 
he ultimately made the clutch play to save the game. Because obviously, you don't know if that pass was going to be complete, but you'd rather see it batted down anyway than actually right. see if it's going to be complete or not. So, uh, great play by him. Just want to give him a quick shout out there. And just another thing, just resiliency from this Buccaneers team. Absolutely. For them to stay in it as long as they did and ultimately come back and win it. Like I said, and also a uh, shout out to Matt Gay. Yeah. Did yeah. miss a kick. Did that, not miss a kick. One of the things that we had on the uh, on the weekly checklist was Matt Gay's got to continue to make his kicks, and that's what he went out there and did. So uh, big shout out to him. Rookie still coming back and firing off as better or uh, as best as ever. Excuse me. I kind of got fumbled on myself on that one. Getting ahead of myself in my head. But, uh, but yeah, shout out to both of those guys, JPP in particular, because while he did have a very quiet game for his standard, and he also had the two offsides penalties, which you don't see yeah. from Jason Pierre-Paul quite a bit, um, he was able to pull it together and make that play at the end. So good performance by those guys and everyone else that we have talked about up until this point. Now, before we wrap up and get out of here, We've told you guys, normally, you can send us a question. If you have something to say and you want to be on the show, just let us know. Send us a DM on any of our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It sounded so intimidating. Yeah? If you have something, if you have something to say, just let us know. Say it! Like, we'll talk about it. it on the show. i got to let o- them know. Open your mouth and say it. <laughs> <laughs> you can also send us an email at cannonfirepodcast at gmail.com. But the reason I bring this up is because, Evan, we did get a question this week. All right. So, this question has to do with Jameis Winston. We'll talk about of this. Of course it does. And then we'll close out the show. Comes from our buddy Robbie Leary 98 on Instagram, and he asks us this. If next year the Bucks have Jameis and they make the wild card with him playing the way that he is now, do you trust um uh do you trust him to get us a Super Bowl trophy? So, in other words, do you trust Jameis to have four great games in a row where the pressure is at his highest? Now, before we kind of jump in and answer that, I'm going to take that last part. For him to have four great games in a row, I'm not saying that quarterbacks who go to the playoffs don't always have that, but there's been quite a few times where in the playoffs, the quarterback has been led to a victory by his defense, which is what we've seen happen to Jameis a few times this week. So there's a lot of factors that would have to go into play if the Buccaneers this time next year we're in a wild card position. A lot of factors. But yeah. uh, Evan, do you trust Jameis Winston to win us a Super Bowl? See, tough thing is just like, just what you said. There's especially winning a Super Bowl, let alone making the playoffs, winning a playoff game. Right. There's so much that goes into that. Um, and you you point out, you know, a lot of the times, you know, not every quarterback's not going to have a fantastic game. You know, uh, Eagles won the Super Bowl, right? Nick Foles, the first game in the divisional round versus the Falcons. The Falcons, you know, didn't score in the red zone with seconds left. That was it. I believe the Eagles won 16 to 10 or something. Foles didn't play well at all, um, but he got lifted up by his defense. Does Jameis Winston need to play four perfect games? No, because if you're going to the playoffs, that means the rest of your team is good enough. Yeah. However, at this point, and you're saying that basically if he has another season like he has now, I don't know if he has the same season with he's throwing 23 interceptions but a ton of touchdowns, I don't know how you can trust him in the playoffs like that. Obviously, I'm not saying bench him 
Like, obviously, no. Because, like I said, he's going to give you the best shot to win. But in the playoffs, it's just that one interception and the two interceptions, it's killer. Yeah. And, you know, if you're a wild card team, you're going to be on the road, right? I mean, he indicated wild card pretty much. So, you know, you're going to be on the road. You know, you throw two interceptions on the road. Man, that's in a playoff game. It's hard to overcome. So does he have to play perfect? No. But can he play perfect for four straight games right now? The answer is no. If, obviously, he comes back next year and throws 35 touchdowns and 16 interceptions and, you know, barely any fumbles and it's really limited to turnovers, then I'll say, yeah, you know, you, you might be able to get four solid to perfect games out of James Winston win a Super Bowl. But right now, I'd have to say no. Okay. I'll agree with you. I'll go out here and say that I do agree with you. For him to be held to a standard to play four perfect games in a row, especially in the playoffs, a brand new atmosphere for him, something he's never been a part of in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. Something that nobody on this roster has been a part of in the NFL. Well, nobody that's been drafted, of course. Like Shaq Barrett, I think he was on the Super Bowl team and stuff like that with the Broncos. But No, it, it just... But what you said, it's uh, it's almost unfair to expect him to go out there and have four perfect games because, of course, there's so many different variables. The Bucks' defense is playing well enough to lead them to a few wins that season. That's always a factor. So he could just... he could play a perfect game, but if the Bucks' defense takes a crap, James Winston could throw four touchdowns and no interceptions. But if the Bucks' defense allows five touchdowns, guess what? You lose thirty-five twenty-eight. And that's exactly what we've seen happen in the past with this Bucks team: is the Bucks' defense does not play well enough to cover James Winston, give him some ground, and he. Has has a great stat line day, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and uh, they end up losing the game anyway. So, so many factors and variables come into that, but uh, both me and Evan will say that we do not agree that he can put together a string of games like that, at least right now. Of course, that's a whole year from now. We're talking hypothetical, so we just have to see what the future holds. But uh, as of right now, we're focused on three wins in a row, baby, and it feels damn good. But thank you, Robbie Leary, for your question. And if you guys have any questions or any statements you want to make, send us a recorded message, send us a text message, whatever it may be. Find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and cannonfirepodcast at gmail.com, and we will bring it up on the show. But ladies and gentlemen, I think that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for listening on all of our outlets or watching with video on YouTube and, of course, BucksReport.com. You can find the show on social media. I just told you how to do it. I'm going to tell you again. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. You can just find it by searching the name. Now, every single week, I have to give a special shout-out to our sponsors at Pinecrest Printing and Signs because these guys are the best in the business at what they do, and what they do is actually pretty nice. They hook you up. If you have an image for your business, they're going to make sure it can happen. They do everything. Stickers, start small. Stickers, banners, posters, whatever it may be. If you want to move into apparel, they do T-shirts, hats, socks, shorts. I mean, if you want to do the long-sleeve shirt, get a hoodie action in there, go for it. And if you really, really want to roll out the red package for your business, get a vehicle wrap. They're going to make sure it gets done for you. They can do anything and everything that you have in mind. And they've been helping us out with it over here at CFP as well. If you're watching our video, of course, you can see on your screen right now some official Cannon Fire podcast merchandise. All thanks to our friends at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. They've been helping out the Tampa Bay area since 2001. You can give them a call at 813-684-5444. 
or you can check out the website at pinecrestprinting.com. You can follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. And, of course, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram and Twitter at BucksWave and Twitter at EvanNFL. Evan, any last thoughts, my man? No. I think I'm good. Yeah? Um, yeah. Let the, you know, I know there's some questions about whether Winston will play or not on on Sunday. I would say it's likely. Um, but obviously, we'll know more on the Thursday show when, when we come to you guys again. So um, that's why we didn't really touch on it too much because right now it's just a lot up in the air. So um would say it's likely but bruce arians also did say they may consider signing another quarterback this week which would indicate that maybe there is some doubt that he plays so we'll see if he practices bruce arians said he shouldn't be that limited maybe you know on the injury report he might show up as limited participation but other than that i would expect uh, another russian roulette game on uh, sunday time to spin the chamber <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. As Evan said, we will talk to you on the Thursday game preview show as we go over next Sunday's matchup against the Detroit Lions. I am Rhett Matthew, signing off for Evan Wanish, and we will talk to you guys next time. As always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.